Testing, testing. Ah, we have a chat window now. And we have some people already in the chat. Oh. That's good. <laughs> Look at it, dead. Oh no, that was from last night. Can you? That was from last night. Hey everybody, just bear with us a wee second. We're having some potential technical difficulties, like the card on your screen says. Yeah, I'm not seeing it. Is at it not? All. Is it not showing up? What's it? Let's see her. Oh, we're live. What does it say? Does it have the right title? Yeah, live chat with Mesmer. Awesome. Awesome. Sweet. Right, we're good. Hey, Evie, Dylan, Jack, Taylor. Here's Samar Lagamela Beta JRP. How's it going? All right, so Unmute. let's, yeah. And right, can you hear us both? I'm gonna just introduce you to Grace from Grace's Grove. Hi, this is Grace, <laughs> live from Canada. Yeah, so we are gonna be having a little chit chat about ASMR, obviously, and specifically, we wanted to see what you guys would like to talk about regarding uh, not safe for work ASMR. So we'll see what you have to say about that. Hey, Callum. And hi, Jack Jolly. Taylor, Orange Bunny, how's it hey, going? Hey, Callum. Morning, afternoon. Hi, Jeremy. Oh, I was going to just quickly put down our channel name, shouldn't I? So mm -hmm. let's do that. Um, just going to mute my mic while I get it up a little bit. There we go. Right. So as some of you may or may not know, um, Grace has been a massive supporter of my channel. And we both started our channels round about the same time. Mm -hmm. which would have been about two and a half years ago. Is that right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So we uh, we thought it would be an idea since uh, Grace decided to make a little trip to Canada to, uh, yeah, meet up and do a little live stream. So mm -hmm. here we are. So if you haven't already checked out Grace, you should go and do so. At Grace is cool. Okay, and uh, obviously you know who I am, but for symmetry's sake, I'll put my name down anyway. <laughs> okay, and I'll put a little play button there just to make it super obvious that I have this uh, thing called a YouTube channel. Okay. Oh, we have a question there for you, We Grace. do, and I think it's for me. Yeah. Um, so I'm from the U.S., so I'm from south of where Mez lives. <laughs> and that's about as specific as I'll get. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's the internet. you got to be careful. Hi, friends, audio. Good to see you. Okay. Grace. Oh, thank you, Jack Jolly. I hope you enjoy my content. Yeah, I'm sure you will. Um, Grace also brought a few uh, pencils, different colored pencils. I normally yeah. use pen, but I, we're going to have to try these pencils out and see if... And they're uh, really cool. So they're colored pencils, but they're erasable. Because that's one of the things that I love the most about pen and paper ASMR is the erasing part. 
And then also the sharpening. So I brought a little like manual pencil sharpener with me. <laughs> Slightly selfish, but I hope you guys will enjoy it too. I'm sure they will. So what's this accompanied? Yeah. <laughs> what's happening, everybody? So I don't know if you want to just um, if you want to jump in with talking about this. Mm -hmm. Well, I sharpen some pencils. Yes. <laughs> That's an idea. We can um, tag team the listeners. <laughs> yeah. And if Muzzle, you... Muzzle give you ASMR and I'll, I'll whisper to you. <laughs> okay. I didn't position the camera uh, next to the mic, but I'll put it next to the mic. Yeah. So, so um, it was kind of interesting. Muzz and I were talking over dinner um, earlier this week, and he was asking me how I got into ASMR. And it's something that I've talked about with my patrons before, but it's not really something that I've talked about a lot publicly. So I could probably share that. And I think Muzz has shared how he got into ASMR probably with, with all of his listeners. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Taylor, I, I like the pencils too. They're fun. <laughs> so um, I actually was a listener of ASMR before I became an ASMR artist. Um, and I think that's the story of a lot of ASMR artists. So um, I was recently out of a relationship and feeling a bit depressed and down and um, a little bit stressed because I was in school at the time and I needed some meditation or just something to help me sleep and help me calm down a little bit. So I went onto YouTube and I was searching for male voices um, because I preferred that. It was more relaxing to me at that time. <clears throat> hey, Kirby. 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 Kirby from Scotland, if, I, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> um, and so I, I went onto YouTube and I started searching for like, um, you know, meditations or, you know, male voices. And I came across this amazing um, audio artist named Gail Force. And some of you may already be familiar with him. Um, he doesn't necessarily claim to be an ASM artist, but he does use elements of ASMR in his audio work. And um, that's how I was kind of introduced to ASMR, kind of on the periphery. And I um, really fell in love with his work, and I just thought the art form was in incredible. Um, it was incredibly healing. It was incredibly relaxing. Yeah, and totally. It really kind of opened a lot of doors for me artistically um to a genre that i didn't really know existed um and taylor yeah so a lot of you probably know who gale force is um oh that's cool got some gale force fans. yeah and so uh, i became his patron and um you know we kind of connected and i ended up uh, later on deciding to record on my own and he was really supportive of me, um, you know, gave me some advice, which was really useful. He's a really great guy. And I started making my own audios and kind of went from there. But I was very interested in ASMR specifically as an art form and um, not just to use elements of that in my art, but to actually use that genre um, and transform it and explore different variations of it because I've always been someone who's gotten tingles and I didn't know what they were until I found the ASMR community and realized, oh wow, I'm not the only one. <laughs> this is not so strange. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my ASMR story and in a nutshell. Nice. Yeah. yeah. 
That's um, like I don't personally know um, anything about uh, Gale Force, but it sounds like um, well, at least one person in the chat knows <laughs> who he is. Um, yeah, so that's that's awesome, and I think a lot of some artists, including myself, have these kind of origin stories. And same with you in the chat as well. You know, you probably discovered the label and went, oh, wait a minute, that's that thing that I have. That's that sensation that I get. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, so, how would you describe not safe for work ASMR. Okay, so let's just jump right let's into it. Let's just jump right into the, <laughs> the meat so, of it. Yeah, this is a topic that's really, really close to my heart. Um, I know that there is quite a bit of controversy in the community about it. Um, people are very polarized, usually, when it comes to this particular topic. Um, and so, um, kind of going back to the origin of how I you know, became an ASMR artist, um, Gilhorse does boyfriend role plays and he does erotica and again he uses elements of ASMR in that so that's kind of how I was introduced to it and um, because I was in a position where you know I was really hurting um, I really needed some intimacy in my life and I didn't have that in, in real life at that moment because I wasn't partnered at that time um, it was really very healing for me to be able to listen to those audios and to be exposed to that genre of art um, and it really helped me to heal. It helped me to get my self-confidence back. Um, it did a lot of things for me that really, frankly, surprised and shocked me that an art form, you know, could do that. And that someone that you didn't really have a personal connection with in real life could actually help to heal you at that level. Um, and so I wanted to give that back. Um, and I felt like it was really important to give that back. So for me, ASMR is really about intimacy. And there's a lot of types of intimacy that we have in our lives as human beings. We have platonic intimacy with our family and our friends, and we have romantic intimacy with our partners. And I think that it's important as an art form that we represent the range of human experience and human emotions in our art. Um, and I think that's where not safe for work, which I don't even really like that term <laughs> because it's kind yeah, of negative. It's kind of it's got a negative connotation. Definitely. It does, yeah. um, and yeah. you know that's one of the problems. Um, I think, and I think that's one of the things that that this type of I like to call it sensual ASMR that it can really do is it can really help to, you know, kill those stereotypes, kill those um, assumptions and you know really break through some barriers I think that people have about this type of content and you know not everyone has access to romantic intimacy in their real life um, for various reasons sometimes it's a temporary thing yeah. maybe you're unpartnered for a while and you know you still crave that as a human being but you just don't have access to it life just happens yeah. right exactly life happens um, sometimes maybe it's a permanent thing and you know um, I, I like to use this as an, as an example I have a friend um, who has a mental illness 
and um, this particular mental illness is hereditary. So he made the choice not to have children because he didn't want to take the chance of passing this on to someone else. He didn't want anyone else to ever have to go through what he's gone through in his life. And he also made the decision consciously to not seek out a partner, a romantic partner in life, because he is not able to support himself, take care of himself. Yeah. And he didn't want to be a burden on anyone else. He didn't want to have to put that on someone else. And Which is really, sounds like a really aware and kind of responsible mm -hmm. decision. Right. And, you know, but may. a lot of times we have to make these difficult decisions in our life and we have very valid reasons for making them. But those human needs still never go away. They're still there. They're yeah. always there. And so how do you get those met if you can't have that connection in real life? And, you know, and then some people just don't have it available to them. Exactly, you know, they've just yeah. never found someone they've connected with. They've never found someone to be with. And that happens. Not all of us are going to be partnered in our lives. Yeah. You know, yeah. but we still have that need as human beings. And so I think that this type of ASMR can be really healing for people because it's very different from pornography. Um, pornography is very visual. It's very physical. It's about the act of sex, the physical act of sex. Um, that's not what central ASMR is about. Central ASMR is about intimacy. It's about feelings. It's about relationships. It's about connection. Mm -hmm. um, it's, I say it's kind of the opposite side of the coin, right? Um, and, you know, sometimes you want one, sometimes you want the other. You know, it just depends, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> Callum's got an interesting mm -hmm. point, and this is mm -hmm. sort of, I don't know if this falls into the same category or not. But um, what I don't like about the more sexualized ASMR content, uh, where a girl has her cleavage on display and makes sexual moaning noises for about 10 minutes, is that mainstream media just takes it what ASMR mm -hmm. is about. I think I get the gist of what Callum's saying. And yeah. Yeah, that, and I get that. And yeah. I would actually categorize that more in the pornography section. Yeah, me section too. I would, I would kind of put it in a separate category mm -hmm. maybe as well because it's about the physicality yeah you know it's about the visual yeah it's um there's potentially not any type of role play or any type of scenario behind it other than you know i'm gonna make noises and and put yeah. myself on display and it's like a, um, yeah. and i'm certainly not judging an artist who chooses to do that i think everyone should be able to make the art that they want, they want to, to make do. exactly um yeah. Everyone has their own motivations for doing what they're doing, and everyone should be free to do that. Um, but I would not categorize that as essential ASMR. And um, it's one of the reasons why I've chosen to be an audio artist yeah. rather than to put my face out there. Because it's not about me as an individual person. It's not about me as an artist. It's about these scenarios and these characters that I create and this world that I create that people can step into yeah. and lose themselves for a little while or find themselves. <laughs> Which I think maybe yeah. what Callum's mentioning and some other people generally allude to is more clickbait kind of mm -hmm. stuff. Yeah. Which is more of a gateway to something and that something may not be uh, sensual ASMR or whatever at all, it could just be it could just be tapping, 
tapping with cleavage. You know, mm -hmm. it could just be, right. you know, so it's really just, um, I find that more clickbaity than it is an actual genre of, or subgenre. Yeah, and, and there's also another element to this that you and I were talking about um, the other evening, and that's the fact that any time a woman is in public, mm -hmm. she is sexualized. Right, yeah. Regardless of what she's doing or how she's dressed or, you know, whatever it may be, regardless mm -hmm. of various variables, yeah. um, women are constantly sexualized. Um, and, you know, I found that with a lot of the traditional ASM artists who, you know, very clearly say, you know, I don't do central ASMR, I don't do, you know, adult content. I'm only doing this for, you know, relaxation or whatever, but because it's a woman artist, regardless of what she's doing or not doing, it's she will be sexualized. Automatically sexualized. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, that is really a failing of our culture yeah. and our society oh, totally. um, more than it is the intention of the artists. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, that is part of life. It, it's part of life within the ASMR community. It's part of the jobs that we go to as women. It's part of our life every day when we're out in public. Um, and, you know, we can't control people's reactions to us. We can only control ourselves and our own intentions. Exactly. Um, yep. And, you know, by putting this type of art out there and by doing what I do, it's never my intention to bring unwanted attention to other female artists, but frankly, they're going to get that regardless yeah. of what I'm doing or not doing. And um, you're, even if the culture did change like drastically, there are always going to be at least some who will do it for likes and views. Mm -hmm. And they are the ones who will be the headlines. So you're kind of swimming against the tide, even if it's only a handful. Mm -hmm. um, but, but at the same time, should I judge them for that? I mean, they're getting their likes mm -hmm. as long as they're being safe, exercising their own personal responsibility to be safe, then it's none of my business. Right. But I do get that a lot of people, especially other women artists, female artists in the community do find um, an issue with that because it, it's almost like it it rubs off onto everyone else perhaps but but I think yeah. kind of again going back to to the main point that whether or not, not um, central ASMR existed women ASMR artists would still be sexual anyway yeah they would be yeah, yeah absolutely um, so you know it's gonna happen whether we have a genre for it or not yeah so you know, why not take control of the yeah. genre yeah. and make it what we want it to be? Fair enough. You know, turn it into something good, turn it into something positive, you know, use it to help people. Yeah. Um, and my, my intention for my art, I think, is very similar to most ASM artists in mm -hmm. the community. I want to help people. Yeah. And, you know, some of the emails that I've gotten in the last two years, they've absolutely broken my heart. Um, you know, things that people have gone through. And I've sat and cried reading messages from people because they're saying, you know, I, you know, I've felt so horrible about myself for so many years. 
and you know this one audio made me realize that you know i'm okay or gave me a little glimmer of hope or gave me something to hold on to and you know or maybe it's the first time I've ever heard I love you. You know, it's right. the first time I've ever heard someone. Wow. Yes, yeah, that, that must be hard to, to hear. Yeah, and yeah. it breaks my heart that, you know, there are people who are out there who've never heard that. That yeah, who've never heard I love you, who've never heard, you know, I like you just the way you are. I think you're wonderful. Yeah. You know, I I appreciate you. Um yeah. there's so much negativity in the world. And I think if we can just bring a little bit of positivity to people's lives yeah. and help them just have a safe place to go, even if just for 10 minutes, um, I think that it's worth it. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I agree. So, hey, Jelly Bean. Nice to see you. Um, Hi, Jelly Bean. <laughs> and we're sorry if we're not um, answering or catching up with everybody's questions but we'll, or, or comments, but we'll certainly be doing the best that we can okay um grace is sitting here with her laptop open reading the chat as mm-hmm. well so we're trying hopefully <laughs> she'll miss any she'll catch anything i miss and mm-hmm. vice versa so oh thank world thank you world's youngest car guy <laughs> you guys have some long usernames <laughs> yeah i know that's right normally says is it more of a problem when ASMR is advertised as being non-sexual, but it has very prominent sexual undertones. And by that, I mean people advertising ASMR like that, not ASMR in general. So I think, I think one thing that we all can do as individuals is we need to, when we have a reaction to something, when we say, oh, that's sexual, mm-hmm. I think that we need to stop for a minute and we need to turn around and look at ourselves and say, why do I feel that way? Why do I think yeah. that? Why is it the default position? Is it because position? it's a woman yeah. that's in front of me? Is it because it's an attractive woman? Is, you know, like what what is causing me to think this is sexual? And yeah. obviously, you know, if someone is like, oh, you know, I... I want to do whatever and you know and they're exposing themselves and you know there there's hearts all over the screen and you know there are certain cues that people can put out that obviously would lead you down that path but if those cues aren't present and you still feel like it's sexual content i think it's good to examine that and see where that's coming from um yeah. but yeah and as far as asmr being advertised as non-sexual to me it's like saying photography is non-sexual movies are non-sexual like asmr is such a generic term um art form yeah it's an umbrella term that's so many different genres and so many different um versions can fall into i think that that makes it very difficult to categorize so you know just like and actually um articulate design has used this example several times talking about photography you could take a picture of a mountain or you can take a picture of someone nude, mm-hmm. they're both still pictures, yeah. but the context and the content is very different. And maybe that nude photograph is actually hanging in the Louvre and is considered fine art, or maybe it's in a sex shop yeah. and it's considered pornography. What's the difference? Exactly. The context. Yeah. Or maybe even just who took the photograph. Maybe that's the difference. Because one person is, you know, at a certain place in society and someone else is not. Um, So how we treat sex and anything surrounding that, how we treat nudity, 
you know, all of those things are very cultural and societal, and they really need to be examined. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's a, there's a fundamental misunderstanding with what ASMR is anyway. Uh, it's um, for, I mean, like we were talking earlier, there's channels out there that do stuff that I didn't even ex know existed. Mm -hmm. And I'm in it. Uh, I mm -hmm. make it. And I didn't even know they existed. And, like cat and ASMR. Yeah, like cat <laughs> ASMR and Korean dog grooming ASMR mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And then you, so the first time somebody ever gets exposed to ASMR, they, they say, oh, that's that Korean dog grooming genre, isn't it? And you're like, well, uh, that, yeah, that's part of it. <laughs> but it depends on what you got exposed to first, so. Let's see, Grousey um, wanted you to write Hey, Tippy Tappy, how's it going, man? Well, And cool. then Jellybean Green actually had a really good comment. She said, I'm jumping into the conversation late, but I want to throw this out there. I don't think enough people consider the value that work like Grace's offers society by modeling scenarios with healthy, positive, consensual sexuality. And yeah, you actually bring up a great point there um, because I am very deliberate about the type of scenarios that I create and publicize. And the bulk of my work does very consciously center around consenting, healthy uh, relationships. Relationships that are full of kindness and caring and love um, and real intimacy. Because I want to model that for people. And I want people to be able to experience that, a lot of them maybe for the first time in their lives, because maybe they didn't grow up with those positive models. You certainly don't see much of them in popular culture, um, and they're not taught in schools, usually. We're very lucky in the US if we even get any sex ed. Um, so, you know, it's important to have that out there. It's important to have that representation out there, and not just for heteronormative, relationships, but I think also for LGBTQ relationships as well, because there's not a lot of positive um, role models or positive um, kind of scenarios that are out there in yeah. the media. Um, so that is that is definitely a core part of my mission as an artist, and I'm, I'm very aware of that every time I create content. Yeah, and you can, and this, this art form allows you to do that. Mm -hmm. It's it's great for that. Yeah, and you're right, Calum. Um, the the media and popular culture, they're always going to go to the most sensationalistic thing, the thing that's going to get them the most views. Brain orgasms. Because one thing that you yeah, yeah. brain orgasms. So one thing that you have to remember is that, you know, the news used to be a loss leader which meant that they weren't concerned about making money with their news departments. The other departments had to make money, and the news was really, um, you know, it was neutral, it was fair and balanced, you know, it was a whole different animal. Um, the news is not a loss leader anymore. So they're, they're expected to make money or they get rid of their news departments. So therefore, they need to get the most views, the most clicks like available. Baby. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, just like we were talking about some artists who, you know, use sexual cues as clickbait, the news and popular media does the exact same thing. Um, and as far as television shows and even news shows go, 
they are, their whole goal is to get advertisers and to get as many people eyes on those advertisements as possible. So whatever they can do to make it sensationalistic, they're going to do. Um, and that's just really unfortunate, but yeah. they do it with everything. Brain orgasm is like immediately eye-catching. Oh, what's that? And yeah. But that's, that's the way it's always going to be. And actually, if you look back at many other, like especially music, um, when like Alice Cooper came on the scene, Everybody thought it was horrific and horrifying, and then nowadays he's pretty tame by comparison. Mm -hmm. So it's as art forms grow and evolve, that's that's just what happens. So. Oh, and Wilhelm II would like you to write his name, please. Okay. Wilhelm. Well, Wilhelm, we're not actually <laughs> we're, doing a... We're super behind on the chat. <laughs> we're not actually doing a writing your name stream, and if I write your name... Everybody's name. That's the question. <laughs> um, Let's see. Dark Shadow says, I once heard I love you in a girlfriend role play, instantly got a fuzzy feeling, but I've been scared by women enough to, uh, being shy to make a move. Yeah, so that's common. Um, you just have to remember that girls are people just like guys are, and they're just as scared and, you know, just as um, shy as you are. And for the most part, people are kind. Um, and so if you're respectful and nice, um, even if someone is not interested, they'll, they'll still be nice and that's okay. Um, but yeah, put yourself out there. I think you'll be probably be surprised by the results. Um, and yeah, Dark Shadow, um, that's true for a lot of Ameri- I'm not sure if you're in the US, but um, a lot of Americans did not have sex ed in high school or what they did have was completely inadequate and is Not that correct. like uh, <laughs> a, a fairly recent thing, like 20, no. 20, 30 years? A lot of people just didn't get it at all. Yeah, so... Um, I guess it's the same anywhere, though. Yeah, unfortunately, in the U.S., um, there's there's a very re- fundamentalist religious element that has um, their hand in the public school systems and in public life in general. Mm-hmm. And any time that the schools want to bring in kind of science-based, fact-based... Um, sex education into the school system. There's pushback. There's always a, a huge pushback, usually. So what's ended up happening in the last 20 or 30 years is a lot of these programs were called abstinence-only programs that were allowed in the schools. So the only thing that they would teach was abstinence, and they didn't. They never talk about LGBT issues at all. Um, it's like LGBT people don't exist, um, and. They also um, give out bad information or false information, or they just omit information. Um, And most of us got just, here's the scary film about STDs. (laughs) The only way you can (laughs) avoid it is to not have sex. So there you go. And, you know, basically have a good day. (laughs) So unfortunately, um, yeah, our, our school systems are quite inadequate when it comes to that. Um, let's see, Evie wants to know if we have any plans to make role plays or other videos together. Um, I don't think we have any current plans, and certainly not with the time Grace has as she's physically here in Canada right now, but we did do a collab before, and I certainly think we'd be doing more collabs mm-hmm. in the future, so um, yeah, definitely keep an eye out for that. But I don't think we have any firm. We have discussed a few things. Yeah. Actually, one of the things I discussed was uh, yeah, an idea for a short film, but um, it's technically not in the ASMR 
genre as we were talking about. At least I don't think it is. So, but yeah, watch watch this space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, where yeah, are we up to with the chat? Um, yes, Caleb. Uh, you're right, the positive affirmations um, videos can help people to feel validated and, and help them feel, um, you know, feel good. Yeah. Like it's, it's sad in a way that we need or that there is a need for that in society. Mm -hmm. But the fact that so many people love it and, you know, get a benefit from it mm -hmm. shows that, well, People, people do need it, you know. So I think, mm -hmm. we're, you know, it's it's a positive thing. Yeah. Well, and I'm really glad to hear that, Taylor. Um, yeah, Taylor says honestly, LGBTQ voice artists help me realize and come out as pansexual. Right. And I think that's amazing. Um, I know I had a lot of role models um, in both my my real life, um, but also in popular culture and online um, who helped me come out as well. So yeah, I think it's important to have that representation, um, the positive representation. Let's see, do you wanna read the next one from Anomaly? Just, yeah, I was just seeing if I could catch up there. So from Anomaly, to be fair, science versus religion has been a thing throughout all of history. Like how Galileo was imprisoned because of his thoughts on the celestial bodies and that being against the church's church's belief, yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, it definitely seems to draw some parallels with with this with sexual education. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I think you're right. Yeah. Um, science versus religion. It's it's been for a long time, um, for a very long. Oh time. yeah, it's yeah. you're always going to get that, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, well, should we always get that? Should we accept that? I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a reality of the world we live in right now. Um, but I think attitudes are changing, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, it's certainly better than it was in Galileo's time, that's for sure. <laughs> I'd say so. <laughs> well, in some places in the world, I think, you know, I think we have a very skewed view of this because we do live kind of in a first world country, um, more of a, you know, liberal, um, progressive society. Um, even though, you know, we still have battles to fight, we still have things that need to be addressed. Yeah. Um, I think there are a lot of places in the world where, you know, religion is, has kind of overtaken science. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, there are places where people who, it's still illegal to be LGBTQ, um, you can be killed. Yeah. Um, you know, there's still places where women are, you know, not allowed to freely participate in society where, you know, sexuality is considered a crime. Um, even yeah. if you're, you know, hetero, heterosexual. Um, so yeah, I think we're, I think we're lucky yeah. to be where we are. Um, there is still a lot of work to do here, but you know, it could be, um, could be quite different. But also I think so. because, um, a lot of us spend most of our time, most of our time, a lot of our time on the internet mm -hmm. with things like ASMR on YouTube and what have you, that it's a safer place mm -hmm. to connect to people, you know, virtually, if not in person, um, where th nobody had that before. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it's blowing up. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's one of the, it's got to be one of the reasons why this mm -hmm. type of things is blowing up. So. so JRP had a question about demonetization. Um, so he says, as many erotica ASMR artists are aware, 
does demonetization affect what you create or upload or do you just go in knowing it's going to be demonetized? Well, it's definitely a good question for you. Yeah. <laughs> so actually right now, my entire channel has been demonetized. Um, I'm in the process of <laughs> trying to get my monetization yeah. back, um, which has been quite a process. I still have a lot of work to do on the channel before I can reapply. But um, I, yeah, it does affect what I put on YouTube, um, but I've always kind of, oh, sorry, I hit the mic. Um, I've always had a policy that I don't put anything on YouTube that I wouldn't consider to be like PG-13 or that I wouldn't be comfortable saying, you know, this is something I would see on television. This is something I'd see on the Hallmark Channel. This is just sort of a, you know, rom-com or, you know, kind of a little Hallmark romance and that's the kind of stuff that I put on YouTube. And that's the kind of stuff I've always put on YouTube. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting um, on Twitter this week, Teacup Audio, um, who also does uh, Central ASMR, she said that she had just a regular video get demonetized, which I've had this experience as well. A lot of ASMR artists have, whether yeah. they do not say for work content or not. And, um, you know, the algorithm is it's messed up. Um, and, you know, YouTube demonetizes a lot of things that if you were outside of that platform, if you were on television or in the movie theater or even fine. on radio, yeah. advertisers would be lining up around the block to get their ads on that content. Um, so I think YouTube is a really bizarre microcosm in and of itself. Um, and yeah, I, I do... I do try to be careful what I put on there. Um, number one, because, you know, a lot of the content that I do is meant for adults only, and it should be behind a paywall. It should be behind some kind of yeah. wall where underage people can't get to it. Um, you know, there are a lot of resources around sex education for people who are under 18. Um, but that's not what I do. Um, that's not my focus. So my focus is adults. Um, and, you know, but the stuff I put on YouTube is supposed to be for everybody. Yeah, you know? exactly. And it's nothing that you wouldn't see it, on any on other television. regular cable channel yeah. at any, so almost any time of the day. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Crinkle Lovin just wanted to say hello. Crinkle Lovin has shown up finally hey. to a live stream. It's been a while. I don't know if she's ever shown hey, up to one of live before. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so, we're like so behind on the chat right yeah, now. We're gonna have to we're gonna have to kind of skim through. And, and since we had a name request, I thought, well, we mm -hmm. didn't want it to descend into like a name stream, so I've just made this little mention shout out box here. Um, so I'm gonna you know do my best. I guess you tried, Crinkle. Yeah, that's so <laughs> good for you. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Oh, okay. So, um, Pavia, Pavia, Pavi, Pavi. We probably totally messed up your name. We're sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I agree with you that people should know what they're getting into. So yeah, you know, yeah. I always use tags on my videos, and I don't. I don't actually do visuals. I you know I just do audio. So yeah. that wouldn't be as much of a concern unless you had your speakers blaring. Um, but I always try to be really careful and label everything because you're right. I as a listener, you know, I wouldn't want to click on something and then have it be, you know, completely inappropriate for the setting that I'm in and I wasn't forewarned. Um, so I try to be really careful about that. Yeah, I think you're probably one of the more responsible <laughs> <as> an artist <laughs> um, who actually make an effort to do that. 
whereas a lot of people don't they yeah they don't mm -hmm. declare what's in the actual content i mean i'm I'm the same um but uh yeah i think yeah i i don't know it's 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 a pretty complex thing really oh jrp had a, a very interesting question do you th this one here mm -hmm. do you think if sexual asmr was more mainstream or broadly accepted it could help with with inroads to things like the incel community and other negative that's a, yeah wow that's a so that's a deep question that's a pretty <laughs> deep question i mean I, I don't know i mean so i have some i have some thoughts on this what do you think my first thought is i don't know enough about the whole incel thing and i hate the thought that there's even a thing called the incel community um it seems ex like an extremely dysfunctional and mm -hmm. unfortunate thing that any society would even have such a thing um but i think everybody uh, is deserving of therapy and love and care assuming they're haven't hurt anyone and they, they, they you know they're they're just pining for attention they're they're needing something well then yeah maybe sensual asmr is the potential therapeutic avenue for that type of thing but i think uh there's no way to know unless they actually mm. did it and took a poll <laughs> i don't know yeah so i, I mean know. i you know i think sensual asmr or any type of art form would just be a band-aid and it really would be treating symptoms rather than treating the actual problem and the problem really is at a cultural and a societal level um it's you know it's it's the patriarchy <laughs> <laughs> yeah. fight the patriarchy um yeah. so you know it really goes back to you know how people are raised to view women our place in society the fact that we are constantly sexualized um, the fact that people feel entitled to our bodies entitled to our time um, you know really just entitled to us um, we're viewed almost as objects rather than fellow human beings on the journey of life and, you know, I think that we need to really focus on being more egalitarian in our society. We need to really, really re-examine how we view human sexuality, how we teach human sexuality, how we socialize human sexuality. Um, I think religion plays a huge part in this. Um, you know, I know a lot of people find comfort in religion and, and you know, really um, feel like that's an important part of their lives. But I think there's also a lot, you know, a lot of us are pretty messed up. Um, yeah. When it comes to sexuality from our encounters with religion related to that topic. Yeah. So, you know, I think this is a much deeper societal issue. And while things like central ASMR and therapy and you know other other avenues can maybe help to mitigate some of that it's, it's gonna, never going to be the solution yeah I, I think um my thought there too was so I remember what it was like to be you know the teenager with the hormones raging or even early 20s 
oh, I'm never going to find a girlfriend, I'm never going to find anybody who loves me, that sort of thing. And you get into that negative thinking. But, all being well, you learn to realize that that's not true and that, you know, somebody will like you or love mm -hmm. you and then you end up hopefully finding the right person, or friends, you maybe bounce around a few relationships. Yeah, maybe things don't work out, but you learn that. But now we have this tribal mentality and so like i like i was saying the um the incel thing that's a tribe of people who oh we're so unfortunate we are lacking x y and z and they have banded together to form a club i mean i'm maybe i'm doing you know simplifying it i, I don't know but the internet and the, the way we operate our lives nowadays seems to lend itself to creating these things. Whereas a lot of these people probably would have been fine, possibly, um, unless I'm being extremely naive, probably would have been fine had they not banded together with these other, other people mm -hmm. and had a common sympathy, um, I think. And yeah, I don't know. And I think one thing too that's really important to remember, um, especially for younger people, is that none of us are entitled yeah. to a relationship. None of yeah, us are exactly. owed a relationship yeah. or a partner. Yeah. And quite a few of us may never experience that in our lives. And while that can Heart. bring a great yeah. sadness and a great deep hurt it's not the end of the world. Yeah. You will survive, you will find joy, you will find other ways to you know, develop, find intimacy in your life, to have friendship, to have love. Um, it may not be what you see in the movies. It may not be what you're constantly exposed to yeah. you know, through pop popular culture. Um, it'll look different but you can still have those things in your lives. It's just a more non-traditional way. Yeah. Um, and the other thing that I like to really tell younger people is that, you know, just do you. <laughs> yeah. You know, go out and <clears throat> explore the world. Find out who you are mm -hmm. before try you to be try yeah. to bring somebody else into your life. And... You know, have have some relationships. Um, every relationship doesn't have to be the one. Yeah. Um, some people are meant to be in your life forever. Some people are just meant to be in your life for a short period of time. You can yep. learn a lot from them. You can grow during your time with them. Yeah. You know, but you know, you sometimes you just have to move on. I think it's um, a fundamental shift in attitude mm -hmm. of life is happening to me, or life is happening for me, and that's like it's happening for me what did mm -hmm. I learn from this crappy relationship what did I learn from these things well you actually do when you look back on it you often think oh well I'm glad that actually happened in, re in retrospect because now I know a little bit more mm -hmm. down the path something better will come well, Taylor had a question. Um, there was kind of a little discussion going on while we were talking about um, male ASM artists getting 
sexual comments and graphic comments on their videos. And yeah, I'm sure that happens to them as well. I think it happens to every person who's in yeah. the public eye, regardless of whether their content is sexual or not. Um, anytime you're in the public eye, again, people are going to sexualize you, whether you're a man or a woman. It happens to men as well. Mostly women, though, yeah. Yeah, yeah more yeah. so probably women, but I know it does happen to men, too. Um, and Taylor wants to know, how do I deal with um, those kinds of disgusting comments in my videos? So, um, I guess I always, I always kind of give people a little bit of the benefit of the doubt, because I don't really know where they're coming from. I don't know what their current situation is. I, you know, I... I don't know what their motivation is. And a lot of times there's um, a cultural difference there. There's a language barrier uh, that may be causing something to, you know, read more graphic than what they really intended. Um, I do not engage with those type of comments. So I'm not going to reply back to that. Um, depending on what it says, I may delete it. Um, if it's more mild or, you know, kind of cute or fun, I might leave it up. Um, but things that are super graphic, I'm just going to delete because I don't want anyone else exposed to that. Um, you know, people shouldn't yeah. be reading through the comments and then have that kind of in their face. Um, but again, I usually just don't, I don't engage. Yeah, it's, that's know. really the best way is just to not engage, yeah. I think. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, a lot of the time it might just be some 12-year-old. Mm -hmm. Right, and that's the you, other you thing no too. Idea is who that these people are, I have no idea who's know. behind that username exactly. and that icon. I don't know their age. I don't know their gender. I don't know anything about them. Um, you know, so yeah, a lot of times it may be you know people who are underage. Yeah. Um, and Jenna Trovi, um, you're correct. There are lots of places to find love: um, family, friends, passions Passion, in life, profession. profession you know, your art, um, travel. You know, there's, yeah, you can, you can create a really amazing life for yourself um, without being partnered. And again, you know, that human need is always going to be there. It's just how you manage it, how you deal with it. And, mm -hmm. you know, just, again, we're not owed anything in this life. Yeah. Um, so, you know, you just kind of have to, you have to just manage yourself and manage your emotions and, you know, have that emotional intelligence about you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's... <laughs> Yeah, there are always people who feel that the world owes them satisfaction. The world owes them a living. And mm -hmm. it's a harsh truth. But, you know, I think, uh, and we have it better than most people living where we live in the Western world. I think most of us who are watching this right now probably speak English and are in the Western world. And we have it better than most people. But that brings its own challenges in terms of entitlement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I think, and also we had a we have a lot of time to focus on things exactly that really we don't have to be out hunting or or trying to get clean water right seven hours out of every day just to survive. We have a lot of time to sit around and have pleasant conversations like this on a live stream uh, exactly. and things like that. <laughs> um, so yeah, or to sit and obsess about you know and and also I think when you spend a lot of time alone and. You know, you can get into these thought loops and you can talk yourself into a lot of things that may yeah. not necessarily be true. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and the negative voice in our head can be really powerful. Yeah. And, and I've experienced that myself. Yeah. And that's where I was saying, I 
do think there's danger there because when you get into that thought loop or an obsessive thought, you then, with the internet, can easily find mm-hmm. people having that same thought. Right. And then you're... It's just that negative reinforcement. And your immediate craving for connection, mm-hmm. you la- I mean, this is why we have a flat earth society right. uh, worldwide. It's You think these types of things should be unraveling, they're actually growing. It, people can crave that c- connection. People mm-hmm. who think the way they think and yeah. Yeah. So what other questions do you have for us guys? Let's see. I'm so excited to see all the people in the stream and we're so yeah. glad that you're all here and we're just super excited to finally get <laughs> to meet each other after like two years. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Exactly. Crinkle <laughs> Levin. She wants us to have a podcast. Podcast. That's basically what this is. Yeah. I mean, um, obviously we can't show Grace's face, mm-hmm. so I have been trying somewhat moderately successful to, to be <laughs> writing and drawing things that might give some interesting visuals during the chat so uh, oh crinkle 11 wants an eta on the podcast <laughs> um to be honest this is easy i'll just turn this whole stream into a, a wave file when we're done and i'll throw it up on spotify so <laughs> perfect easy <laughs> no problem at all good um, question genotrovi um that yeah society, it is a bit mental it? <laughs> See, that, that, it, I actually use them as an example, and I believe we're talking about the Flat Earth Society here, mm-hmm. because, you know, you, you, let's just say pre-internet, you'll have people who had these little thoughts in their head like, wait, that sun up in the clouds, it looks like the sun's in the clouds, it doesn't look like it's in space. Maybe the Earth really is flat. And then you have maybe somebody else 7,000 miles away has the same thought. But there was no internet to get these people together. <laughs> but yeah. now there is. Yeah. And and the and as we know it feeds off each other. So and the same sort of thing happens with ASMR and that's why our art form's growing so fast. You know, there are people who were in very rarely would experience ASMR in real life mm-hmm. and would never tell anyone else about it because they didn't have a name for it and they thought maybe they were a weirdo for having that sensation. But now we know it's normal and there's a whole bunch of us, millions of us, billions of yeah. us. So, I mean, the internet can be good and it can be bad, right? Exactly. It's a tool. Yeah, it's, it's a, a tool. tool, exactly. So depending on how you use it Connects and people, you yeah. know, what mindset you're in when you're on it, um, that can, I guess, determine which way it goes for you. Totally. And positive and, and negative depends on, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Calum, that's actually a really good question. So they wanted to know, um, what do you think about this perception of oh, people getting aroused by mukbang, mukbang ASMR? Because I can't even fathom that one out. Yeah. There's actually a name for that. I looked it up what, at like one food point. arousal or something? Yeah, it's people who are aroused by food. Um, and the, it's it's actually a kink. It is a thing. I'm certainly not going to judge anybody for it, right? It sounds pretty harmless, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Let's watch each other eat or let's put food on each other. Um, I agree with you. It's definitely not my kink. Um, I get totally grossed out by, by mukbang and mouth sounds and all of that. I can't stand it. It's it's kind of right up there with tapping for me. <laughs> like yeah, I Grace doesn't tapping like tapping. Either. I think tapping's awesome, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. Yeah, Grace sort of discriminates <laughs> against yeah. <laughs> so let's see. Jeremy says, um, do you think that central ASMR is a Western culture thing as I haven't come across many international content in that genre? 
Hmm. Um, so that's interesting because I have seen um, several women who are not American um, doing essential ASMR. Um, there's a couple of girls who are Russian, which I really enjoy. I love that accent. I get ASMR from yeah. accents. Yeah, me too. And um, that's one that really gets me. Um, I've seen a few people, but I think they're actually living in the U.S. So even though they're from somewhere else, they are. Like, they're in L.A. So, yeah, it is kind of interesting. And, you know, I think this goes back to our earlier discussion about we live in a very progressive society that allows women quite a bit of freedom um, in to do what we want with our bodies and with our sexuality. Now, obviously, there are limits to that, that we're still, you know, trying barriers that we're trying to break. Um, we kind of won't get into that too much. But for the most part, you know, we're, we're pretty free here. Um, and not everyone has that ability. So, you know, for someone else in another country, creating that type of content could get them put in jail or it could get them killed. That's right. So, you know, it, it wouldn't be worth it for them to do that. Um, so yeah, that is kind of an interesting observation, I think, for sure. Um, yeah, yeah see, you, you, we got behind on the thing. Yet. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are. There's some echo there. in the audio you think, Callum? Double audio. Okay. Wonder if that's. Um, yeah. So Anomaly Zero Zero One has a good point. Um, they're saying that they use music to help um, moderate their mood. Um, as well as ASMR. And yeah, I do that too. I love music. Um, it's why I put out a playlist every month for for people to check out. Um, so yeah, I, I use music for that too. And I think maybe a lot of people who are into ASMR are kind of sensitive to music or, you know, really enjoy that. I don't know. What do you think, Mose? Um, Sorry, I just noticed that uh, there was some comments there about the, the sound was acting up. Oh, whoops. Double uh -oh. audio. So I've muted my mic right now. Uh oh. Um, I was probably talking too loud. No, that's okay. <laughs> I'm thinking maybe we could switch the pattern on yours to front and back. Oh, yeah, let's which do that. Does it this way. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Um, no, that, that sounds interesting. That isn't stereo, though. But no, it's not, but it actually has given us pretty good sound. Yeah, double sound is gone. Yeah, no and this is now, technically so. this is the podcast setting. Is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, it isn't left, right, <laughs> but who cares? Yeah. It's forward um, and back. And you guys can hear me okay, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. so, um, yeah. Uh, anyway, sorry, I, I was, um, I was uh, distracted by a technical <laughs> difficulty there. Um, so Crinkle Lemon's come up with a, a new kink. <laughs> <laughs> she wants someone to pour marijuana all over her. <laughs> Thank you for sharing. This is a safe space. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You can see what you want for any reason. Oh, you're my girl. She hates tapping too. <laughs> it makes me so nervous. I can't stand it. <laughs> yeah, it's um, and that's what um, um <laughs> tippy tappy. Gentle whispering mentioned misophonia. I think it's called. Mm -hmm. There's just certain sounds that drive you absolutely insane, like yep. in a negative way, and it sounds like that's you with tapping. So, oh, Jesse had a good question. Okay. Uh, what does grace look like? <laughs> well, I don't think... I am a vision of sweat right now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty warm in here. It's hot. 
hot and humid in eastern Canada right now. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have to um, we're gonna have to leave that to your imagination, Jesse, because that's one reason why I'm an audio artist. Yeah. Um, I think that it's important for the listener to use their imagination, and I can be anyone that you want me to be. Um, and that's part of what makes my work so special because it requires not only my creativity, but also yours as a listener. And so we actually have to work together and be creative together in order for the art to flow fully come alive. Um, and I think that's really cool. <laughs> and Tippy Tappy is feeling personally attacked right now. <laughs> so... I still love your whispers, Tippy Tappy. <laughs> <laughs> I hate ear-eating ASMR. Mm-hmm. It's funny, when it first started, I quite liked it. But I don't like it anymore. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's too much. And it does seem borderline wrong. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Mm. But um, not that I, but that's just my own personal preference, though. So, you guys go ahead and make whatever ASMR you like. You've mm-hmm. got both me and Grace's blessings. That's right. <laughs> oh my God, sorry. I just got to the part about all the double audio, and you guys are cracking me up. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else can I, I write down here? And we were talking about people getting turned on by food. So I did a little, um, oh my God, sexy pizza thing there. So that's for, for those of you Ooh, like that. Jenna Trovi had a good question. What trigger, what creeps, trigger you? creeps you out the most? Hmm. <laughs> oh, creeps mm. you out? Oh, that's quite different from just kind of Annoying. irritates you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good question. I'm trying to think. Um... Although Pivey definitely agrees with you, saying that listening to a lovely ASMR video, suddenly there's tapping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely no reason for it. Just tap, tap, tapping for some random object. Yeah. Um, but, I'm not alone. But that doesn't creep you out, though, it, that uh-uh. type of thing. It just... It, yeah, so... You know what, Cruz? Actually, we were talking about this before the podcast started. Um, I love ephemeral rift. I think oh, he's yeah, an yeah. amazing artist. Yeah, yeah. I like really admire his creativity and his production values and his commitment. But I have never made it through one of his videos like completely because he just creeps me the fuck out. <laughs> <laughs> Which I think is probably the intention. Oh, totally. And that, and but that, like his whole yeah. um what is it? Anner um, oh, I forget what it's called, but his whole like psych hospital, oh, yeah, you know, um, Anaheim yeah, world that he's created, yeah, and some yeah. of his characters, yeah. and um, yeah, it's just like super creepy. And I think also like the kidnap scenarios, right. like I can't watch those either. Yeah. Um, they kind of creep me out a little bit. So that's that's the stuff that creeps me out. <laughs> yeah, I felt like um, I had a couple of. I think a couple of people creeped out with my interrogation videos and that was kind of like the limit of where I was comfortable mm-hmm. doing that type of thing but other hey I mean if you want to do it and you feel 
Yeah, that's your, that's your mm-hmm. art form. Oh, yeah, totally. Yeah. And there, I mean, there are tons of people that are really into it. I yeah, mean, exactly. obviously, and there's obviously so an audience popular. for that. Yeah, there's definitely an audience for that. So, you know, I think that kind of goes back to what we were talking about, how ASMR is sort of this very generic umbrella that's yeah. so many different genres and so many different um, variations you know, can fall under. And I think that's the great thing about art, right? It's so subjective and everybody has their own interpretation of it. And, you know, you can connect with different artists. I think that's what makes each of us unique. Um, So it's it's pretty cool. It opens your eyes too. You you go on a video which you think might be creepy or Mm -hmm. might be, oh, nobody's ever going to love this. Or Mm -hmm. why would, and then you look at the view count and you look at the comments and you think, wow, there's a lot of people who like this stuff. And it opens your eyes to a whole new avenue for content for yourself to explore mm-hmm. so. yeah no it is it's cool fantastic. and we can yeah we can get inspiration from each other and and you know i think that's really cool oh tippy tappy says he's changing his name to tippy tippy okay <laughs> so it's just going to be tiptoeing around <laughs> the blue yeti from now on oh taylor <laughs> had a good question what's your guilty pleasure sound hmm hmm Guilty pleasure. Um, oh, I know what mine is. So there's an artist called Relaxing Male ASMR, oh, yeah. and yeah. he is phenomenal. And he's done this whole series of videos specifically about hugs. Like he's giving you hugs. Okay. And it's not it's not a boyfriend role play. It's not sensual ASMR. It's just like very kind and loving and caring kind of traditional asmr and it i just like literally have had it on repeat for like two weeks right (laughs) because it's just so amazing and he he really gets the production values were just incredible because he really like gets binaural and he's like okay i'm gonna is it okay if i come in and he like asks for consent and you know it's just it's just so great um and that's my guilty pleasure oh yeah and the korean um dog grooming korean dog asmr (laughs) i it's funny i i don't have um a great deal of time or, you know, I, I can fall asleep without ASMR now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can watch an ASMR video for five minutes and I'm out like a light. So I generally, I'm starved from for new content in many ways. I tend to go back to the same sort of stuff. Um, and I don't know if I would say it was a guilty pleasure, but the one that I tend to gravitate to, which always works, is um, massage and shaves. Oh, yeah, those are good. Like, and and Mm -hmm. half of them are not even ASMR. I mean, they are, but they're unintentional. Or they're tagged ASMR, but they're they're not really made by ASMR channels. Mm -hmm. And it's just some dude getting a shave in India or Turkey and then a little face massage, and I'm Mm -hmm. watching it, and I'm out like a light. Mm -hmm. And... But yeah, I don't don't think I would necessarily Mm -hmm. call it a guilty pleasure. It's, Mm -hmm. um, It's just that is what it is. So... Yeah. Oh, I agree with Tippy Tappy. He said that he likes Fred's voice, rude barbershop. All the Fred's voice, like rude videos, are hilarious. Right, are they? Yeah, okay. and there's another artist called English Whispers ASMR. He doesn't um, post very often, like very rarely, mm-hmm. but he has some of the most hilarious, like boyfriend role plays. Like he's putting on your makeup, but he like totally f's it up. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And he is—he has like this super like dry, sarcastic English oh, okay. humor in all of his videos, and I just die laughing when I watch them. They're so great. 
I'll definitely need yeah, to do that. Yeah, this is so great. It's guilty in the corner. Amazing. Oh, Jesse wants to know if I'm going to draw as well. I'm going to actually leave that up to Muzz. Um, he's our designated drawer for this podcast. Yeah, I mean, yeah, unfortunately, my studio space is kind of tight. And there's a bit of a squeeze in here. But um, He just has me shoved in the corner. Yeah, just shoved in the corner. <laughs> That's where the guests go. <laughs> Oh, somebody wants you to do Scottish Gaelic ASMR. Scottish Gaelic. Well, see, if I knew any Gaelic, I could do that. But um, Gaelic or Gaelic is an incredibly difficult language to learn. Mm-hmm. And uh, I am so sad to say that I, I know extremely little about it. So, But maybe I will have to do some research on that. Mm-hmm. So, um, JRP had a, a good question. Do you want to read that one? Gentle Whispers, GB, and a few others have had platforms, TV, interviews, articles to explain ASMR. Do you think there will be sensual ASMR artists to garner the same attention to spread a message? I think there more than likely would be if they get to... I mean, Gentle Whispers, GB, and a few others, like you mentioned generally get to do those things because of their size and they get approached um i don't know of any specifically sensual asm artists right now who are of such a size that it would yeah but i think there certainly would be um in time yeah so this is actually a really interesting question because um i've been interviewed by teen vogue and um, I was also interviewed for another article. Oh, I can't even remember what it was for now. Um, but unfortunately, you know, whenever you get interviewed by a journalist, they take that information and, you know, they write the article that they were intending to write and they use your sound bites um, however they choose to. They were already going to write it a certain way anyway. Exactly. So there's a bias there. Um, So, you know, a lot of times it doesn't quite turn out how you would hope or it's not, doesn't, you know, you may have given the answers and, you know, really explained the genre and, you know, kind of gave your whole, um, you know, your whole outlook. And then they use maybe one sentence of it and they use it in a completely out of context. To support their original viewpoint. So it can be really challenging. And um, Karuna Satori, she's been interviewed a few times. Um, And there was an article that was actually pretty good. I can't remember which publication it was for. It was just a couple months ago. Um, so there are some larger artists who've been interviewed, but, uh, I, I still haven't seen an article yet or a feature yet that really isn't going for some sensationalistic, um, you know, angle. Exactly. And it's, it's really disappointing. Even, uh, the bigger artists who often do an amazing job at Mm -hmm. telling people what ASMR is, what it isn't. Um, in, in the media, even then they struggle mm-hmm. because they generally try to steer it towards some little thing that they already saw where uh, somebody was eating a pickle, crunching into a giant pickle mm-hmm. or something. And 
it's they've already got a predetermined notion of what ASMR is, and they kind of want someone like GB or whatever to come and perhaps confirm that. Um, so it's hard enough to do it with ASMR in general, never mind some of the more specific mm-hmm. areas of ASMR. Like, right. At least yet. Yeah. Well, it's funny. I was watching... Um, I don't know if any of you have seen the Maplethorpe biopic with Matt Smith. It's phenomenal. Um, but, you know, it's kind of interesting because, you know, Maplethorpe was considered a pornographer. And no one wanted to purchase his photographs. No one wanted to display his photographs. And finally, you know, he kind of made it into the art world. And now he's considered this amazing artist. And, you know, his work is displayed in museums around the world. And, you know, he's lauded as being a pioneer in the field. Um, So, you know, you never really know what's going to happen with an art form um, or with specific artists. You just got to do your work and put it out there and just keep, keep steady on, right? Keep doing your thing. Be true. Yeah. Be true to your art form, you know, keep your messaging consistent and, you know, eventually hopefully maybe we'll get some recognition and some appreciation for being the art form that we really are. Another good question from, uh, Callum there. Mm-hmm. What are everyone's thoughts on life uh, life with Mac? Life with Mac? Um, ASMR because there's some controversy over her making ASMR mm-hmm. because of her age. Yeah, that's a, that's a good question too, I think. Yeah, so I, I've never watched any of the children's ASMR channels. I mean, I've heard of her, mm-hmm. yeah, but I've too. never actually seen any of her videos or watched her channel because yeah. I've seen clips of it on other channels that mm-hmm. generally make reaction videos to mm-hmm. them and yeah. you know they're, maybe they're not always exactly fair on what clips they use anyway yeah and but. you know i think anytime a young woman or a girl puts herself in the public space yeah again going back to our earlier discussion they will be sexualized yeah i have alarm, um, alarm bells with that exactly right, right away. i agree with you and so you know if I were a parent of a child who wanted to do that, and frankly, I wouldn't care if it was a boy or a girl, mm-hmm. um, I would be very hesitant to allow my child to go on the internet. Yeah. Um, I think as a parent, the internet can be a really scary place. Um, and yeah, I... Uh, I'm like kind of torn on this because, you know, on one hand, we want to encourage um, artists, we want to encourage creativity, you know, we want to encourage young people to express themselves and to move around in the world without fear. You know, we want young women, we don't want them making choices because of how we think people are going to react to them, right? We want them to be free to move about in the world and, and do what they want to do. But then there's the reality of the world we actually live in Um, and there's safety concerns. Right. So I think I would be concerned about her safety and I would be concerned about someone that young having to deal with the stress of being a public persona. There's a lot of stress that goes with that. There's, there's a lot of, um, you know, maybe self-esteem issues, depression, anxiety, things like that. 
Um, so I don't know. Yeah, it's a tricky one. Uh, yeah, it's bad enough or or scary enough in any traditional media to have a kid that young being in the public eye, but in a in a in an art form like ASMR, which so many people don't mm. understand what it's about, and there are definitely aspects of it like we've discussed today that could be potentially dangerous which is fine for consenting adults mm -hmm. but for kids uh, it's a whole other ball game and, mm -hmm. yeah but then i think also if you think of the other side of it just like we as adults are going online to seek comfort to seek intimacy to seek you know all of these things i think a lot of children are going online now you know yeah. like we didn't grow up with the internet yeah right but yeah, that's right we remember before it. <laughs> kids now yeah. are growing up with the internet it's part of their lives from the moment that they're kind of sentient and that's where they go to socialize it's where they yeah. go to make friends it's the, it's the new neighborhood it's the new backyard yeah, exactly and yeah. so you know maybe they should have representation on there you yeah. know maybe it's more dangerous for them to be gravitating towards adult artists than it would be for them to be gravitating towards artists their own age. Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know. I'm kind of looking at it both ways. You know, yeah. it's an interesting issue. It really is. Yeah, very much so. Let's see. Jonah Trovi says, what's the tea all about Caleb? I don't know what that means. Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw that too, and I don't know what that's. Callum, yeah, Callum, Callum. I can't believe I forgot about TR. Yeah, TR is awesome. Um, Tippy Tappy's gone. Yeah, bye, Tippy Tappy. Because he he was offended that Grace doesn't like tapping, <laughs> so. Oh, and Je <laughs> Jelly Bean Green has a good point. Yeah, she said the self-esteem issue is my biggest concern about kids on YouTube. Yeah, I agree. I think that's a big issue. But I think that's a big issue for any child artist, right? Mm -hmm. Child actors, ch which essentially that's what these kids are on YouTube, yeah. right? We were having that discussion last night that YouTube really is a legitimate platform yeah. for acting now. That's right. Um, it used to be an alternative to main mm -hmm. traditional media. Now it really is the media. It's the main place, like there's TV shows that are going to be streamed, not necessarily YouTube, but online in general, yeah. It's a prim primary mm -hmm. place to broadcast now. So, mm -hmm. yeah, it's not like a weird alternative, so. Yeah. Um, popularity, self-worth, correlation mm -hmm. that develops wreck a lot of adults, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's bad enough for adults, exactly. Jelly bean, yeah. Yeah, and I think we all, you know, struggle with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Hey Maya, speaking of reaction videos, there was one FBE did that featured various ASMR artists. Does that put it in the line to be something to be made fun of? Oh, it's definitely mm. something that people make fun of anyway. Yeah. <laughs> it's, there's never going to be getting any away from that. Mm -hmm. um, hey Maya. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, honestly, um, you kind of have that old adage, you know, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah. Right. So the fact that our community is getting well known enough and our art form is out there enough to even be made fun of. Exactly. It's pretty awesome. It's a good sign. Like I got roasted <laughs> by another Scottish YouTuber a couple of months ago and it was hard. Like I, I knew it was coming mm. and I knew the minute I made my public YouTube account that if I ever got enough subscribers and enough notice 
that I knew it was coming anyway. Mm -hmm. And then I knew that that one was actually coming and it was still hard to deal with, but it was actually good. It was a good lesson for me and for anybody who that happens to, you know, it's, you can either recoil in horror mm -hmm. or you can go, nope, this is the public forum that mm -hmm. we signed up to. Um, at least as adults we signed up to, mm -hmm. so you just have to accept it. Mm -hmm. And it's there's no such thing as bad publicity, like you said. Right. So, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, honestly, some of it, I mean, some of it is a little funny. Oh, if, yeah, if you don't, It's hilarious. Yeah, if you don't yeah. know what it is. And then, you've got to be able to laugh at yourself. Right, exactly. So Now, and, you know, there there's a difference between um, something that's, you know, intentiously malicious and mean-spirited yeah. and something that's just, you know... Just taking it. Yeah, just taking it. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Hi, Amber. Oh, we're glad that you made it. <laughs> you made it, Amber. I thought, I thought I told you last night to make sure you hit that bell. It should have, uh, yeah. Alarm bell should have been going off on your phone. <laughs> <laughs> or YouTube's not sending out the notifications. <laughs> Whether ASMR or not, it's really so much pressure to be publishing a video that everyone would see. It's mm -hmm. hard because on the one hand, you want to succeed. That's right, There's also it's like mm -hmm. there's also a um, fear of success mm -hmm. as well, I think is a real thing. Yeah. People get comfortable where they are and then suddenly something will blow up mm -hmm. and you're like, oh God, okay, I don't know if I'm happy with this. Right. This is scary. Yeah. People are talking about me. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just saw myself mentioned on Twitter by mm -hmm. 10 different people. And then you're like, well, wait a second, this is, what I wanted. I wanted my mm -hmm. art to be seen. So yeah, it's there's there's pressure as soon as you hit that upload mm -hmm. button. That it, yeah, and I think there's also, you know, there that negative self thought, right? Like, do I deserve this level of success? Am I really good enough for this many people to be interested in me? You know, yeah. and and I mean I know that I'm like my worst my own worst critic. Um, I never think that my audios are good enough. I, I always think they could be better, you know, better production, better story, better yeah. acting, whatever. Um, yeah, and so, you know, I think that's something that you just constantly deal with as an artist, right? Is yeah. like fighting yourself. You know, you don't want to hold yourself back. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I've got a Pfeiffer in the chat, so. Bye, Taylor. Thanks for stopping by. We'll ban Glenn in just a wee second. See you, Taylor. Yeah, this is it's been fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think uh, it has been fun actually. Yeah, it's been super fun. You guys had a lot of great questions. Thank you. Yeah. Any last questions? Because we've been uh, we've been streaming for eighty-one minutes. Yeah, almost an hour and a half. <laughs> it's looking pretty good. We've uh, we've blasted past uh, Muzz's usual sixty-minute. <laughs> That usually limit. happens later at night when I'm extremely <laughs> tired and this is early, so I think I'll, I'll last the extra half hour. <laughs> this one, I feel like that's going to contrast a lot, but whatever. I've experienced ASMR all my life and always thought I was some kind of a weirdo mm. until I found the online uh, ASMR community. F the people laughing at ASMR, F them. I don't know what those little stars are for, but it's got mm. F, star, star, star. Um, yeah, I agree, Pivey. Mm -hmm. And I think most of us are in the same same boat with that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Uh, let's see. So JRP says, both Grace and Muzz, do you still create content that you enjoy but may not garner the views from your audience? 
That's a great question. Yeah. I, yeah, yeah I, um, like, um, I always take the piss out of Fife and the, the video I did of the Scottish Ned talking about Fife, I feel like it, like it didn't do very well, but I'm really glad I made it mm-hmm. for my own sake. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed the content. I made the content because I enjoyed making mm-hmm. it. Um, so yeah. Um, but it didn't garner the views from my audience, yeah. like just like you said. <laughs> so there's a bit of that. But if you wanna, if you want your channel to grow, then obviously you have to balance that out. Like, you know, maybe every fifth video is that that type of video. Mm-hmm. Um, the other ones you give the people what they want. Well, and I think for me, um, I think you have to remain true to yourself as an artist because you originally start creating for yourself, right? Because you don't have an audience when you first start. Sure. So you're putting the art out into the world that you really maybe want to see or you know, something that you are hoping will help other people, but you have no idea what the actual result is going to be. So, you know, and people are gravitate towards that and you build an audience based on that. So, if suddenly you're super popular and you stop being true to yourself as an artist and instead you're just trying to placate the masses, right? And you're just spinning around in a circle trying to make everybody else happy and really producing subpar content and not the type of content that people originally sought you out for because you're not being true to yourself anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think, I think Muzz does have a good point. You know, it's important to take feedback and, you know, you can always, improve your technique you can you know try to refine expand um but i think at your core you always have to stay true to yourself and you have to do what you feel is artistically important to you and sometimes that's going to resonate with your audience and sometimes it won't um and that's just part of being an artist right not everything is going to be a raging success um but i think that people will appreciate your genuineness yeah and people will recognize that in you, that you really, you know, truly are creating art and not just trying to create clickbait. They can tell if it's genuine. Exactly. It shines through. Exactly. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. Anomaly's bailing. Cheers for swinging by. Oh, bye, Anomaly. Anomaly. Some great questions, thanks. And, uh, yeah. Five minutes. <laughs> got five minutes to go guys yep, really mm-hmm. bad swear word that five <laughs> yeah it is yeah <laughs> your advice Funny. to someone who wants to become a youtuber who has an intense fear of failing and has a lot of insecurities mm. um just do it anyway because um you'll never know i think but obviously you have to be comfortable with mm. taking the leap perhaps an intense fear of failing and a lot of insecurities. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think you'd be in good company mm-hmm. because I think most people have exactly those two mm-hmm. things. Would I? Would you agree with that? Yeah, but here's the thing about failure. I don't think that failure is the F word that everybody really thinks that it is because a lot of times you learn more by failing mm-hmm. than you do by succeeding. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and so if you look at failure as an opportunity to learn, an opportunity to reevaluate, 
an opportunity to grow, mm -hmm. then it's not really so scary. So, you know, failing is, is not really a bad thing. Um, and if you look at a lot of great artists, a lot of great inventors, um, even Steve Jobs and um, Bill Gates, yeah. Albert Einstein, Edison, you wouldn't believe how many times they failed. Walt Disney, what was it, like yeah. 65, 70 failures before he finally got going? Yeah. Um, so behind every great success is about a million failures. Um, and what those people learned in that time is what allowed them to become such a great success. Yeah. There's no such thing as overnight success. Yeah. Nothing. It's a simple yeah. kind of rule, but I mean, mm -hmm. I, you know, and I get it, the fear of, but now you've just got to do it and learn it mm -hmm. and do it again and then learn a bit more, then do it again and get better and better. Mm -hmm. And before you know it, you're, you're succeeding. Yeah. And as far as being insecure, you know, I think a lot of that maybe is just an experience. So as you gain experience, as you fail and try again, you'll become more secure. Um, and, you know, yeah. it's not, not such a bad thing because you may meet some incredible people along the way yeah. and have some really incredible experiences and learn a lot about yourself. So don't, don't be so afraid. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, sweet pea, you just joined in right when we're about to mm -hmm. end hey, it. Hey, sweet but... pea. I um, agree completely with grace, mm. failure is a necessary part of life. It's not if, but when, and we should start appreciating it mm -hmm. for its value. Yeah. Yep. Yep, totally. Yep. Do it, Jenna Trovi. Do it. Upload those <laughs> songs. <laughs> Put yourself out there. Yeah, and just tag them and, and yep. describe them. Tweet them out right. and don't don't look back. Yeah, and guess what? Guess what's going to happen if you don't do that? Guess what's going to happen if you don't post and you you don't put yourself out there? Nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing. Yeah. So the only way that you have any chance of making something happen is to put it out there. Exactly. So, you know, do it. I'll tell you right now, I've thought about deleting my channel and even lots of videos from my channel many times through mm -hmm. insecure feelings and so on and it's i think it's probably pretty normal mm -hmm. so, oh yeah yeah mm -hmm. but yeah yeah what about awesome bungee and 343 industries i don't know what that I don't, is <laughs> i have no idea what that is is that a band or bungee is that game? like a gaming company Oh man, whatever it is, I'm sure we're show showing our age. We are. <laughs> in our ignorance of, uh, of that. So. <laughs> okay, well, I think that's a good place to end it, everybody. Yeah. We're almost bang on an hour and a half. I know. So, all people who made the Halo, gotcha. Um, <laughs> thanks everybody for joining us. And thanks so much to Grace for mm -hmm. swinging by and chatting to us yeah. for an hour and a half. About super fun yeah it's been fantastic super fun <laughs> sorry about the audio glitch earlier mm -hmm. we thought we could connect two yetis and it would be awesome and uh, maybe we uh, screwed something up but whatever it's fine <laughs> we fixed it yeah we failed but we got back up <laughs> and we right. fixed it <laughs> and we learned that you cannot connect two yetis at once <laughs> yeah or at least we need to do some more testing before we exactly we do that Oh, thank you guys so much. This was so much fun. Yeah. And Muzz and I have had such a great time getting together. And um, I would encourage anybody who's an artist to, you know, 
we all connect online, but there's just something really special about being able to connect in person yeah. um, and to sit across from somebody and have those conversations yeah. and, you know, be able to collaborate in person. Um, it's just really special. So I'm glad I had the opportunity to do this. And I would encourage any other artist out there to, to definitely give it a try. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We, it's, it's good uh, online communicate online connection but in real life it can be a bit scary mm-hmm. uh, we were both nervous oh yeah totally yeah. <laughs> we were definitely yeah. yeah we talked about that because we've been talking for almost two and a half years yeah, yeah. um like almost every day yeah and um so it's kind of a big deal to yeah, meet in and person suddenly you meet them they're like oh okay yeah it's, it's like <laughs> what do i say well what did you say before right exactly you know, it's like yeah it's just we're all human right so okay everyone uh, oh, I can type in the chat too. Yeah. I'm going to bring back my keyboard here, and even though it looks ridiculous. But... I'm giving you all hearts and sending you love and light. <laughs> <laughs> and for all of my listeners who came over, thank you so much. And be sure to check out ASMR Mez's channel if you haven't already. Um, he has some really awesome videos. And also be sure to check him out on Patreon as well. <laughs> thanks thanks again Grace thanks again everybody mm-hmm. um, and have a great day night whatever time it is yep. wherever you are and uh, yeah we'll catch you in the next one bye see ya <laughs>